Cherry Pop Horror. Hello, 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 and welcome to Cherry Pop Horror, the horror movie podcast where it's always someone's first time. I'm Jacob, and in this show we tackle all things horror, be they your classic slashes, gore fests, monster flicks, kids horror, animated, basically, if it's got enough horror themes to it, we'll give it a watch. If you've seen the movie before, just sit back and relax. If not, don't worry. We're going to be running through the plot, talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, and just generally having a good laugh. If you'd like to get in on the discussion, send us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. That's all one word. All right, here we go. Oh, come on. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. You're playing the game I started in 1969. Jesus. Wet. This isn't what happened last week. Have you all got amnesia? They just cheated. This isn't fair. He didn't get out of the car. The duty car. Beat, beat it, Richie. What are you going to do? Kill me? Stop Where's your third wish then? I don't need you dead, Alexandra. I don't wish you were. Sorry. Sorry. It will surprise no one to learn that I have no parental experience, being that I am myself childlike. I glee in the face of cartoons, I often want to substitute my dinner for chips and ice cream, and furthermore I relish my free time and resent my chores. Having said all that, I think being that I've worked in customer service and hospitality industries, there are things I'd consider bad parenting. Does this make me judge and jury? Absolutely fucking not. I don't want to be. And I think there's very few people around the world who have the knowledge, respect, and authority to separate a mother from their child. Hello, Bronwyn, and welcome to Cherry Pop Horror. What's a superficial parental no-no in your books? Like, you see parents out doing this, and you're just like, no. Child leashes, but around the neck. (laughs) That's a thing? (laughs) I mean, no. (laughs) I mean, it would definitely be a parental no-no. Parents going, no, no, you should come back here. <laughs> no, I used to, I can't say I have seen that, but as a actual answer, I used to uh, work in retail and the amount of parents who would just leave their kids in our store and then go grocery shopping for an hour. What, really? Yep. Just a bit. It gets, it gets better. One of them wrote a bad Google review of me because I was uh, watching their kid in the store, apparently, with a... Um, well, according to them, you're doing your the job they think you do, which is babysitting. So, <laughs> do you want to know how I know it was about me? Why the view the get that the, the Google review described me as the uh, fat, depressed one with glasses. <laughs> oh my god! Fuck this bitch! <laughs> and then she had the audacity to keep coming back into the store. Oh no! Hell no! Get out, lady. You were the manager. You were a manager, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, banner from banner from the store. <laughs> oh, it was very tempting, but it wasn't worth it. It was one of those people who would have uh, escalated very, very. Oh, full full on Karen, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Had the haircut. Mine's actually. Mine <laughs> had that Karen haircut. <laughs> Mine's very similar, actually. I've got a bit. Yeah, it's just kids. Uh, parents not watching their kids when they're mm-hmm. out. Like when I was in hospitality, I went to like a cafe restaurant and things like that. They would literally just run around the restaurant. I'm like, this isn't fucking McDonald's. Like, there's no ball pit and slide for the kids to play in. 
there's just other people trying to enjoy their dinner and like I think I got really mad at one couple because um, they let their kids like play with the gas heaters outside oh no and like they actually got into the little cabinet thing that has the gas bottle in it and were fiddling with the like nozzles and stuff like that and I had to like pull them away from it and go talk to the parents and I was like can you watch your children please I'm not <laughs> I wish I I wish I just told them like I'm not your fucking babysitter that's so bad, though. That's I know. So... Just playing with the gas bottles. And the parents were not far away. They were sat outside, maybe like a table away from the gas heater. And they just, yeah, that's fine. Little Timmy's just just playing with the gas bottle. Oh. So annoying. <laughs> that's my one, anyway. Yeah. I think we're both frustrated with parents at this point. Not all parents. Most parents are fine. Just... But it only takes spaces. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it's when they expect you to be the babysitter. I yeah, think. no, no one in any service industry gets paid enough to be a babysitter on top of. Yeah, their we job. don't get paid enough to do our normal jobs. Yeah. don't add babysitting onto top of it. Like, don't be a rude. Don't be a rude man. Also, anyone at my store, I would trust with kids. So, oh. <laughs> they'd probably just give them monster energy drinks and sugar and be like, "Go on." I mean, that'd be revenge for the parents, isn't it? They leave them with you and you just load them up on sugar and then send them back. And be like, have fun trying to get them to sleep now. <laughs> also, fun fact, they, those kids will just tell you things. As kids do sometimes, yep. yes. So there is so much they learnt about like my regular customers from their kids just telling me things. That's hilarious. The kids are dobbing them in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us nicely into our movie because it's all about someone who thinks they can decide who and who cannot be parents. This week it was my first time watching The Clinic 2010. We should stop for the night. Hey, this place looks alright. <laughs> I'm gonna ask for the presidential suite. Welcome to the Overlander. It's passing through, are you? Skybreaking, came back, your fiancé's gone. Tell me about places like this. Why are we still alive? Beth is missing, she's pregnant, and I want her found. I want to search the motel. Nothing's been stolen, there's no sign of a struggle. I can't even report her missing until she's been gone for 24 hours. He knows Turn up sooner or later. How do I know which one's mine? Get out of the car! What is this place? My children are gone. Not coming back. We're not the first women this has happened. I'm not leaving without my baby. And I watched it when it first came out. Oh my god, really? I was going to ask yes. when, where you discovered this movie. Um, the lead actress, Tibet Bethel, Bethel is uh, a character, she plays a character in The Legend of Seeker, Legend of the Seeker, which was a TV series filmed in New Zealand. I've heard of that show. I don't think I've um, ever watched it. Most famous actor from that is uh, Bridget Regan, who was in Jane the Virgin and the Batman TV series. 
the Gotham one? Yeah. She Gotham. played she played Ivy. Oh, okay. One of the Ivies, from what I understand. Yeah. I, I got a bit confused. I only saw like a season or a season and a half of Batman of Gotham, sorry. But I did enjoy it. I keep meaning to go back to it. Yeah, this is an this is an interesting film. Um I yes. bet if my mum watched this she would have gone, Oh, they're from neighbours or they're from Home and Away or something yeah. like that. <laughs> one of the guys from a, I he's in like every Australian thing. Just everything. Yeah. Just, I just <laughs> It's it's that one Australian actor that they have. <laughs> that stayed in Australia. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true, because most of them is just like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Chris Hemsworth, he is Australian and he used to be in Home and Away, but now he's like mega famous. Yeah. And same with Every Nicole, other Australian. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, yeah. <laughs> they were just abandoned Australia. <laughs> um, so we um, the, we open on some credits. The credits roll as some CG hooks are swinging about mm-hmm. in what looks like a very dank and, and dirty tiled room. Lovely. Love that these are C- CG'd as well. Yep. I was like, that's <laughs> so unnecessary. <laughs> Especially when they have a set. Yeah, they have a full set that has these things. Yeah. And they just CG'd it. Yeah. But it's it's very uh, 20-teens around that sort of era, wasn't it? Like, Sweeney Todd did the same thing. I can remember the, you know, the Johnny Depp one? It's opening credits rolled over a whole lot of CG things that didn't need to be CG'd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just seemed to be a thing in the 20-teens for some reason. Um, we get, Yeah, we got um, hook shadows, and we get some glimpses of some medical equipment and things like that. We also see a whole lot of Roman numerals. It was in the people's names. Yep. But it didn't match the people's names, which kind of irritated me. <laughs> like, it would put, like, R-D-V-I-I, and then those letters were not in the person's name that it was attached to. I feel like... If they had done that, you would never have, like, if they'd put a D for a D, you'd just never have noticed. That's true. But I guess there aren't that many Vs in people's names. And, you know, when you get new Roman numerals, you usually identify it by, like, VII or something like that. It would have been so easy to have Roman numerals that just turned into someone's names. Yeah, like they morphed yeah. into the name. That yeah. would have been so much better. Done. Done. Yeah. But they were just like, D, C, V, I, I, I. And then it just turns into like Andrew. (laughs) And you're like, great, thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Andrew. (laughs) Thanks, Andrew. So we get title card now and it says the clinic. I wouldn't really call the place that we end up a clinic, but sure, we'll go with that. (laughs) I'm fairly sure they worked backwards from the image on the poster. (laughs) Really? They're like, so we've got this awesome ass poster. Well, the poster. I've the, seen the poster. Yeah, so the, the lady in the bathtub with the C-section. Yeah, but the L is. I think it's the L or the I is the C-section scar. Oh yes, it is. Oh yeah, I think it's the I. Yeah, so they, I'm pretty sure they had that idea and worked backwards for a name. They're like, now how can we turn this poster into plot? <laughs> yeah. We got to an open road now as a single car drives along a, a straight stretch. It's like barren road. There's nobody else there. It's clearly the middle of buttfuck nowhere, which is great. We, we then get a second title card that tells us it's 1979, uh, six years prior to the invention of DNA testing, which is a very specific inf- piece of information to put on a title card. I wonder if it's going to be relevant later. Do you think they had a test audience? Someone watched this and just went... I was literally thinking that. Do you think DNA testing would have solved this? And they went... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> like, quit, quit putting a title change, card. Change the date. 
We really it was DNA testing invented. Put it, put it a couple of years before that. It really did feel like that. Because this movie could be set almost at any time. I suppose the, the, um, the absence of cell phones. But yeah. then again, the only person who could use them would be the main character's boyfriend. And he wouldn't have any use for it anyway because it wouldn't help the situation. Yeah. So, like... So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love that, though, though, you know, six years prior to the invention of DNA testing. Oh, I wonder if that's important. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, there's foreshadowing. And then, there's... and then there's turning the light off on the room off and on again to notice. <laughs> yeah. This is just blunt. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this, is, this is a director who didn't think their audience would get it. So, um... Who, by the way, has, I believe, gone on to direct nothing else since. Oh, really? Oh, that's um, a they shame. They did one thing. They did the clinic and then nothing. I wonder if it was one of I, those things I where believe. they, like, they they were, like, an aspiring director and they, like, funded their own movie. I wonder if it's something like that. Possibly. Because that's not happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, in the car, we see a sort of brown-haired, mousy-haired woman and her boyfriend, although we find out later's fiancé later yeah. as well. Um, we don't learn these characters' names until way later. Like I don't remember. Way, way later. So I had to IMDb it because I was tired of writing just brown haired woman uh, <laughs> and boyfriend. I don't, I don't remember his name throughout the whole movie. So this is Beth and Cameron. Cameron? His name's really? Cameron. I think in the entire movie they say it once. And I don't even remember when. I think it's in the motel. And that's it. That's the only time. Uh, she's writing a card for her mum. It's a Christmas card. So technically, this is a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to your calendar, everyone. Right behind Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. It, in not really a Christmas, it just happens to happen at Christmas Christmas movie. Yep. Love it. And we also learn that she is quite heavily pregnant. Um, she can't... So. Hmm? Aggressively so. <laughs> yes. Like, almost like you could sort of pull off the pregnancy from her body and put it somewhere else. Yeah, actually, I It looks I like Nicki Minaj's ass. You know, you could just unplug it and put it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, my sister's recently-ish had kids. Yeah. They weren't traveling across the country when she's, like, nine months pregnant. No. Nah. No. <laughs> not in 1979. You want to know where your closest hospital is. Yeah, absolutely. And closest toilet. Yes. Because Definitely. you just need to pee every two minutes, right? You, yeah, you are not. You are not driving across. <laughs> You're not driving for what sounds like a good twelve to fourteen hours by the sound. In the of it. high of Australian summer, yeah, where it's four hundred degrees in the car with a nineteen seventy nine car. <laughs> yeah, that probably has if it has air conditioning. Yes. Terrible. Air conditioning. It's just blowing hot air into your face as you drive. Um, she can't decide what to write. We get the idea there's some sort of tension between mother and between Beth and her mother or Cameron and the mother, but it never really comes up. Yeah, it's uh, I mean Or it could just be jovial, just sort of You could say it comes it. up at the end. Does it? Oh, oh. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Sort of. Mm. Yeah, I'm still confused about the end. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, yes, this is an Australian Christmas. If you don't know if you're from America or England or somewhere in the Northern Hemisphere, we we, we have hot Christmas. <laughs> we, we just have hot Christmas down here. Behind them, a worn-down looking truck follows. It's very rusted, it's broken, it's beaten down a bit. It tailgates them for a while before just pulling up next to them and forcing them off the road. 
it tailgates them on a completely abandoned road. Yes. I have to assume that this is part of whatever conspiracy we learn about later. But then how did they know that pregnant yeah. lady was in there? Like... I don't know. It has to be connected somehow. There's only like three people in this town they go to. I know, right? So it has to be connected, but not at all connected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was getting, I was like, this is very Jeepers Creepers. Have you seen Jeepers Creepers? Yes. You know, he's got that massive truck and he like runs people off the road so he can like smell them and then decide if he wants to eat them or not. It's, it felt like that kind of, <laughs> that's a very brief description of Jeepers Creepers, everyone. <laughs> wrong <laughs> yeah, not wrong but there is more to it um yeah but it felt very much like that so i was like this has got to be connected and then we just, we just, just turns out he's an angry driver yes it has to be connected otherwise it doesn't make sense but also how that doesn't make sense i i will admit that whole car scene kind of annoys me because if this guy is very clearly up in your business wants to run you off the road and you have your pregnant fiance in the car Plover. when he drives up next to you why are you not putting on your brakes so you can go past? Yeah. Either pull why? over so the, the, the arrogant prick can go past you, or when he pulls up next to you, just brake. Yeah, there is nothing protective about that at all. No, he's just like, oh, I guess we're going off-road now. Whee! <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> why? And then they need to get to the nearest hospital because she's gone into labor. <laughs> <laughs> all that bumping around and she's just like, oh, oh. Oh. Completely changes the movie. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> None of the rest of the movie happens. Solved. <laughs> solved. He solved it by accident. Yeah. Um, yeah, it forces them off the road. Uh, the truck then drives off and he checks to make sure that she is okay. He suggests they stop for the night instead of trying to make it all the way to her mother's. And she reluctantly agrees with his charm. I put charm in brackets. He's sort of charming. He's trying to charm her. Uh, yes. He is definitely scripted to be charming. Yes, because plot demanded. Much yes. like much like being run off the road to conveniently land at a hotel where she will where she will conveniently be kidnapped. Yeah, because plot <laughs> plot demanded. Yeah. Um, so they head to Montgomery. It's a small town with a population of like I think it was five or six hundred or something on the sign. It's not very many people, and we only meet two two people in the whole town. I think isn't it just. Yeah. Yeah. And they come back later. Yeah. <laughs> because. And I looked they come back later and went, oh, so you only hired these guys. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Because the entire time, I've got notes for that, because like the entire time I'm like, oh, this must be like a town-wide conspiracy. They're all in on it because they're a little town. And then it's just like, no, it's just these two guys. This is, yeah, anyway. Um, they pull into a, a motel or psycho vibes, just, just, just saying. Yep. Um, they notice a fancy-looking car at the end of the parking lot, um, and, and it's the only other car in the parking lot. Everything else is empty. Cameron, the boyfriend, goes to the office. You do see those people. Yes. The the people who end up sort of instigating or watching the events later. Mm. Yeah. Because they, they, they're German or, or something like that, right? And they just... Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. They, they go to the office. He signs in with the attendant, um, Marv, I think his name is. Yeah. Marv, um, who congratulates him on getting such a foxy looking wife. Um, I believe the line was, ooh, look at her, look at the tits on her. <laughs> Give it 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, great. Just wonderful. I mean, I, I love feel, this guy. I feel like you couldn't be more stereotypical Outback Australian I know, right? White man unless you called him Davo. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's very like by the numbers. Yeah. It's not doing anything. Someone someone grew up in the eighties and knew Amarv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of people have known Amarv at some point. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. The man charges them for three people in the moto: um, Cameron, Beth, and the unborn child. Because not only is he going to instigate some pretty fucked up shit later, he's also just a money-grabbing asshole as well. Lovely. Or pro-life. <laughs> I mean, Does this movie settle the debate? No. No. <laughs> Does it settle any kind of debate? No. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> oh. um, so we cut to the two of them in an eerie silence next to the pool. I quite like this. Just the absence of sound is quite creepy. Yes. Because they're just sat next to this pool and it really gives you this um, sort of isolated feeling like mm. there is nothing around. Sometimes this movie does things really well. Yes. There are I certain guess. aspects that I'm like, that is a really good choice. Yeah. And this is one of them. Yeah. Like, they're just sat at the end of the pool. There's no crickets, no bird sounds, not even like the sound of the desert. Mm. You can't hear cars going past nothing. It's just dead quiet. It's, yeah. And it's perfect. It's exactly what you want. He feels her stomach, um, and they get a bit rowdy because apparently he gets turned on by feeling his unborn baby. Okay, look, he acts like he has never felt his baby kit before in his life. Yeah, we're pretty late into the pregnancy. She is solid eight and a half months pregnant. Yeah. He would he have felt, felt it by now. That. Yeah. He uh, is, like, there is no question. Yeah. But this makes him super rowdy for some reason as well. And he, like, climbs on top of her. I mean... Yeah. Sure, I guess. What? No, I, I don't understand. Okay. It's got to be uncomfortable for her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's Him straddling her? Yeah. Yeah. Like, she needs to get up and pee immediately. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, 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 get off. <laughs> um, but they stop as another cu- couple wander into sort of the, the pool area. They're speaking what I think is German. It's very sort of faint. Yeah, I have no idea what they're speaking. I think it's some sort of foreign language that we can't understand. They sort of... I don't know, frantically yell at each other and then leave. Mm. And it's very abrupt and very weird. But it does come into play later, so yay. Um, yeah, they leave suddenly. The sun sets and... The, oh yeah, I just noticed there's like a baby head floating in the pool. I did really like that shot. I like that shot as well. I, no sense. They've already sort of left the pool and then you've just got baby no, doll. They're still out of the pool because they fall asleep. She has that dream. She has that dream in a second. So they are at the pool, but then, yeah, so we just had the the couple arguing, and then it cuts to, like, a baby head floating in the pool, and then they fall asleep. It it does nothing, but I like the shot. It was a really nice shot. And I'm impressed at how they managed to get it to um, float just below the surface. Yeah, it's quite impressive. It's not sinking, but it's not floating. Yeah. Uh, Beth dreams about a storm, and then a baby, what I thought was vomiting blood, because it was, it was like face down and all this blood was spilling out of its mouth or something like that. As a collection of Roman numerals um, underneath it, filled with blood. I like this. I love, I love a prophetic dream. Yes, but also not. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's is it. Oh, we'll talk that about that later. It's, it was. It's so left field with the first time you see it. Yeah, you're just like, oh, what now? Yeah. What's this? Okay. Why? I mean, okay, you're having weird dreams about babies. I that makes sense. Yeah. You know, people dream about, like... we heavily pregnant, you're going to have dreams about your kids. Yeah, either, like, amazing dreams or nightmares about babies and yep. things like that. Like, it's normal. Yep. This is fucking weird. Yep. 
Uh, Cameron, Cameron comforts her, and we learn this is a reoccurring dream. It's something she's dreamt about quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they head back to their room to sleep. So they were still by the pool, and now they're heading back to bed. They lie in bed but can't sleep, and we learn Beth has had a miscarriage before. We learn that she, her last pregnancy, she lost the baby. I think she's past the point of miscarriage? Doesn't miscarriage is... Usually in the first trimester, which is first the first trimester. three months. Right. So she is safe from that. Yes. So she, well, she could... She's, she's safe from that, but she could... Um, but it's probably exacebating feelings of like, yeah, you know... Yeah, she could um, have a premature birth, um, yeah, which or leads to other general, risks. General um, birth problems, like... Particularly again, in 1979. Yes, this is true. In Australia. In the Australian outback where they currently are. Yeah. Where there probably isn't a hospital. No. Because it's a small town with 500 people. They have, like, one doctor who goes to the houses yeah, and warm up. And just gives everyone morphine. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great idea. Let's stop here for the night. I put, yeah, it could be the cause of the nightmares if she's having... Because obviously, you've seen this. But I was like, oh, yeah, maybe she's worried about the baby and, you know, all the blood and everything like that is reference to the miscarriage that she had and things like that. It's not... But it's nice yeah. that the the idea is there yeah, for the audience to pick up on some connections and something you could you could logic it out to be that yes yeah um so logic Cam- doesn't play a lot of no this movie does a lot of um for plot yeah um for plot though the reason they stay there is because they're low on gas oh yes they are aren't they. Yeah, so he's like, oh, we need to stop and get gas. And- we might as well sleep here tonight. Yeah. Or take a break or whatever like that. That's yeah. right. The truck is low on gas. Uh, Cameron comforts her, telling her the baby will be beautiful and smart and perfect. And they lie down to go to sleep. Cameron is very sexy. That's my, <laughs> that's my note for this scene. <laughs> I know it's not your cup of tea, but... The- <laughs> I, I just have to make notes in horror movies when guys are hot and, and walking around okay. topless, or you see man ass, because it just doesn't happen much in horror okay. movies. You get a lot of tits and not much man. I'm I'm a, a bow to your uh, experience and <laughs> knowledge on the topic. I was just like, because he's like sat there and he's like flexing while she's sleeping next to him, and I'm just like, mm, yeah, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate this. <laughs> um, later that night, Cameron is still awake. But Beth has fallen asleep, so he gets dressed and leaves her a note saying, Couldn't sleep, gone in search of food, love you. We see Cameron's car leave the motel, and the motel attendant is still awake. Mm-hmm. He's watching some shitty TV or something like that. He goes to get some Chinese food for some reason. Cameron, this is yep. Cameron goes to get some Chinese. And my dude, it's like 2 a.m. What Chinese store did you think would be open? In a town of 500. In a town of 500 people. Like... They obviously have to live in a major city. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Where they're just like, what? It's not open 24-7? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> it, I was just like, what did you... What, what were you expecting? There is a closed sign on the door, and he still goes and, like, cups his hands and looks in the yeah. window. Like, there's somebody going to be in there, and you'd be like, oh, can you just make me some Foo Young? Like, what? I could really... I could, I could murder a spring roll. <laughs> yeah, like... At two in the morning, like... Come on, Andrew. Give me a spring roll. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's going to be a reoccurring character now. 
<laughs> um, he goes to leave, but he realizes the car is out of gas. So now that... What? That, <laughs> did we know about this? Yeah, why did he leave, drive to go get food when he knew they were out of gas? Why was gas not the first thing they got? Yeah, why didn't they get, get gas and then go to the motel? I don't know. Some people's brains just don't work like ours, Bronwyn. Not all of us have anxiety about the ca- their car uh, running out of gas on the motorway. I get it, but... I certainly have that worry constantly. Same. As soon as I hit that, like, final bar, like, yep. that final, like, water I I thing. Have, I have a whole quarter tank of gas. Yeah, but I'm like, still I'm still going to go up. fill it up. <laughs> Just in case, because I know what will happen. And 1979, it would have been, like, 10 cents. Exactly. Here we are. Fill your car up. <laughs> like, give me half a, t- half a tank of gas. And I'm like, yeah, that'll be $150, please. <laughs> but um, he ends up having to walk back to the motel. Um, but when he gets there, the door to their room is unlocked, and Beth is not inside. His note is still there, though. Just unmoved. Which kind of gives the idea that there wasn't, like, a struggle or anything. Yeah, they gloss over. How? There's, like, a real big time skip. They, they kind of gloss o- over the entire, like, I don't know how long an operation takes. Um, I don't know how long a kidnapping takes. But surely longer than, like, Ten minutes. Yeah, you know what? It's probably that whole uh, she got chloroformed, but in the way that chloroform doesn't actually work. Yeah, to movies. But the way it works in movies where they yeah. just put a rag over your face and you pass out instead yeah. of the like four hours it takes in real life yeah. for chloroform to make you pass out. There, yeah, there there are a few time inconsistencies. Yes, just mild ones. Yeah. <laughs> So Cameron goes to talk to the attendant, but the office is now closed, obviously because he's in the process of kidnapping Cameron's fiance. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what? Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> it's so fucking obvious, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're in a town and we've only met one person. One, oh, I, I suppose the German couple babbling to each other before they left the pool. One super skeezy super interested in your wife yes one man who was like I I love your fiance's tits and then that night she goes missing like what what do you think's happened my dude (laughs) um he can't yeah he checks around he goes to like the pool and stuff like that he can't find her so he just sits in his room because he thinks maybe she's gone for a walk or something like that which isn't unreasonable yeah it hits 4am and she still isn't back, so he makes a call to the police. Mm-hmm. They arrive, they get details for Cameron before going to talk to Hank, who is the sleazy attendant man. Hank and Marv. Hank and Marv. Hank and Marv, the dynamic duo. The only people who apparently live in this, <laughs> t- <laughs> in this town. They are each uh, at least 100 people. Yes. So we've got Hank the, the sleazy attendant and, and Marv the police officer. Other they, way around. Is he the other way around? Marv is the sleazy attendant dude. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, Marv is the attendant, Hank is the police officer. That's right. I don't know. They're so interchangeable, to be honest. Yeah, basically one's got wild hair and one's got no hair, and that's how you tell the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they know each other by name. Which means that clearly they're familiar with each other. I mean, it is a small town, but it also kind of immediately gives you the impression that you're not going to get a fair shake. Or Cameron's not going to get a fair shake out of this. This gentleman has misplaced his fiance. What I think was the line. <laughs> and such a good line. It's so, it literally, I had to pause to laugh. It's so good. Because it cracked me up. Yeah, uh, Hank is talking to Marvin. He's like, have you seen this? This man has uh, misplaced his fiance. And I was like, what, like, 
like your car keys. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Marv answers um, Hank's questions, but the questioning quickly turns to Cameron instead, and they start sort of blaming him or whatever. I can't even remember what they say. They just turn it on him almost immediately. Oh, yeah, it's all like, um, you guys had any fights? And... Oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys had fights before? Did you have a fight before this? You know, do you guys get along? Is it your baby? Probably. Um, um, yeah. Just probably random shite. Uh, he gives them a picture of Beth and Cameron blames Marv as he thinks, as he clearly thinks that Beth is Marv's type, which is correct because of his comments. Yep. Uh, and Hank- he, he he added one plus one and got two. Yeah, <laughs> but the cop added one and one and got like forty seven. Forty seven, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or no, well, he did that on purpose. He he, he looked at one and one and said it's a window. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. Cameron takes a swing at at Marv, but is beaten unconscious by Hank. Yep. Police brutality it hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> I love it in horror movies where police are good at their jobs. At least Hank kind of has a reason because he's in on it. Yeah. As we learn later. So that's a positive in the writing of inept police officers in horror movies, I guess. You're not inept. You're just corrupt. Yeah. That's so much better. Yeah. Um, As he's passing out, we hear the line, outstanding, thank you, Marv. And we get, yeah, I was like, uh, I was on the point where I was like, okay, this is some sort of, like, trafficking thing. Mm -hmm. They've, like, kidnapped her because she's sexy. And, like, once we get the baby out, we can, you know, sell her or something like that. I was like, okay, it's going to be, like, a sex trafficking thing. Yeah. Marv taunts Cameron as he sits semi-awake in the cop car. Uh, Next, we hear a baby crying. We cut to a baby crying. And then we see Beth as she lay in a bathtub. We, we just get, uh, I think it's just the face shot first, right? Yep. Um, she opens her eyes um, to see that she's in some kind of medical room. She looks up in the ceiling and there's like hooks and stuff like that, which is where we got the CGI hooks for the credits from. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bitter about C- unnecessary CGI. It would have been so easy. <laughs> so easy. Just literally whack it and then just film the shadow swinging back and forth. There you go. There's your credits. Yeah. Why isn't that? Oh, anyway. Yeah. She looks down to see that she is naked in a bathtub of ice. And you notice something I didn't. You go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's one of the first things you said to me about this movie. I'm fairly sure it's not the first thing I said to you about this movie. (laughs) No, it's not the first. it does dramatically pan down onto her tits. (laughs) Yes. Which, I love your tab. You very much looks like she's had some work done. Very good work, though. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I don't know what boobs are meant to look like. I just don't have the experience. Uh, they don't stay upright when you're on your back. <laughs> okay. Good to know. <laughs> um, yes, as we pan down, we also see that she has a, a wound on her stomach, and as she, um, as she touches it, she realizes that her baby is gone, and it's obviously a C-section, and the wound has then been stitched shut. Beth is distraught. Tab is probably so glad she doesn't have to wear the uh, maternity pillow anymore. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah, the actress is like, oh, thank God, I can do the rest so of the movie. So hot. <laughs> um, I said, well, at least I don't want her dead because they stitched her shut. So I wonder yeah. what that means. So I was looking for information on why she's still alive. 
if they just wanted the baby, why why is she still alive? Oh, although if it was a sex trafficking thing, maybe they're just waiting for her to heal and then they'll ship her off wherever they want her. I mean, they might just be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Bronwyn, this is a horror movie. <laughs> we assume the worst and work backwards. <laughs> what do you mean by being nice? They'd let her go. Yeah. We're really sorry about taking your baby. Off you go. Off you pop. Yeah. Run along. <laughs> Run Don't along. tell anyone. <laughs> Don't tell no one. Wink. Um... <laughs> All, all 500 people won't listen to you. Yeah, no one will listen. We're all, we're all in on it, despite the fact that there's only Marvin Hank in this town. Yeah. Uh, she carefully stands, um, and we see on the chair next to the tub is a sort of medical gown or outfit yeah, or something like that. It actually looks more like nurse scrubs. Yes. Yeah, nurse scrubs or like a, a prison uniform, something like that. Like, can you imagine if the whole film was like in those... <laughs> Like those, those medical dresses with your ass <laughs> hanging out <laughs> every time they have to run away from the killer their cheeks are just going that <laughs> <laughs> alert the guards <laughs> I'd be screwed I've got such a fat ass they'd hear me coming from a mile away <laughs> um, but on this uniform we see embroidered it's got some Roman numerals on it so I'm like okay prophetic dream question mark I was like are we dealing with psychics in this Sasha film? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Let's just add it into the pool. We'll yep. deal with it later. Add it into the pool along with the uh, doll head. <laughs> the red. <Yeah. laughs> add it in the pool with a floating doll head, which was very masterfully not floating, but also floating. Love it. She's weak, but she manages to clamber onto the chair and dresses herself. Yeah, she doesn't know. You do not do that after a C-section. Those things are intense. Yeah, uh, I'd imagine so. And you know what? I've only just realised that none of these women particularly react to the fact that they've recently had surgery. Yeah, no, they, they never do. Every single time someone falls over, and I just they, cringe. I'm like, that would hurt so much. They fall and sprint and run and jump. And, and carry things. You know you're not allowed to carry... Okay, do you know how invasive a C-section is? Um, I well, it's an internal operation, not an external one. Let so. me put it this way: <laughs> on your stomach, you have your abdomen muscles. Yes. Behind that, you have your intestines. Yes. And then behind that, you have your uterus. Oh, so they have to delve deep. They take everything out in a C-section. <laughs> oh my god! And cut your abdomen muscles. Is this why you're so screamish about this movie? Is just yes. because you know the medical stuff behind yes. it? Yes. And. When I, I found this out from my sister, basically, when you are pregnant, your abdomen muscles start to split to accommodate babies. To, so the baby will fit. Yeah. yeah. So them carrying stuff, not happening. You yeah. do not carry stuff after a C-section. You, you, you don't. Yeah. And they move some, most of the time they're moving light stuff. Most but, of the time. But they do at one point, don't they move like a table or like a cabinet or something like that? Yeah. Something heavy. It's yeah. Like, so... These women ain't doing shit. These women just forget. They and need to lie in bed for a couple of days. Yeah. And whoever runs this facility is clearly just a dumbass. Like, <laughs> because this turns into like a jigsaw game as well. And <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> and just like, let's put these women who probably can't walk right now. Let's put them into this. But anyway, yeah, nobody in this movie seems to react to the fact that they've had major internal surgery. Yeah. But sure. Um, I said it looks a lot like... Oh, she, she opens the door and steps out into the facility, and it looks a lot like a warehouse. Yeah. Or, like... I think it's probably, like, um, 
a repurposed like cattle ranch or something like that, right? It's an abattoir. An abattoir. Oh, like like where they butcher them, right? Yeah. yeah. It's described later on like as the old abattoir. Right. Okay, I missed um, that. That's how Cam knows where to go. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When 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 Mark isn't. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Sure. Right. Okay. And that further adds to the very blatant women are cattle in this movie. Yeah, okay. So we're not being subtle with our metaphors at all. No. Okay, great. Many rooms with many tubs is what she sees as she walks around. Mm -hmm. All of which are currently empty, gladfully. She calls out late riser. She (laughs) She's the last one out. Um and down a long corridor she sees sunlight. So she runs and outside she sees she's in some sort of industrial area. Like Mm -hmm. it's a big complex. It is. It's it's quite a large place that they managed to, I don't know, rent out yeah. to film this. Like, it's, I mean, I guess it's in the middle of nowhere, Australia. Yeah. They're gonna have... Maybe it was like a family business and they're like, hey, look, cattle's not selling for as much as it used to, let's just kidnap pregnant women. <laughs> 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 We're taking the business in a new direction. <laughs> it's very, very large. Um, she cries um, but sort of stumbles her way onward. She gets out into sort of the paddock, I guess. It's, it's desert. Yeah, it's, I don't know, an open space. It's an open space. I assume it's what used to be the paddock for the cows or whatever like that. And she stumbles out as far as she can. Um, I, I didn't realize this was a paddock. I didn't realize it was fenced in. I was just like, lady, you're just going to wander into the Australian desert. You fucked. I mean, she at least follows the road. She does follow a sort of a trail. There's like a dirt path. Yeah, but she's, yeah. She's just had major internal so. <laughs> Yeah, she's gonna... not. She's not living. No. And as she starts running, we see that her stitches have ripped, or at least they're, you know, stretching open or something like that, because she's starting to bleed through her uniform. Very specifically in one line. Yeah. Because... Not at all messily. Not at all like her mm, um, mm. clothes are moving. No, not at all like her clothes are mo- moving, or the blood is liquid. Um, it's a perfect straight line down where the C-section is. Yeah. Um, she eventually reaches a tall fence that blocks her path. It's padlocked, and it seems to go on forever in both directions. You know, I had the worst thought when I saw that padlock. Mm. You know, like the lockpicking lawyer and all that on TikTok and yeah. like YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I just saw that and we're like, you just need to whack that with a stone. You'll be fine. <laughs> just need a rock. Yeah, but you're not wrong. Even like some leverage would do if you can get something in between the the like hoop of the lock and the the bulk of the lock and just push they pop open fairly easily yeah there's trees there's rocks yeah just whack it with a rock it's not that secure home free but she acts like it's the end of the world um so she starts trying to dig under the fence instead and get out which made props to her yeah she's 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 proactive she is she's thinking she's trying to survive she had a moment where she's like oh fuck Oh, no, and has a little cry, and then she goes, wait. Which, to be honest, I think that is actually very well acted. I think so, too. Um, I agree. I appreciate the fact that they just went and put her in an ice tub, Mm. and she's crying, and I'm like, damn, you really wanted to make this movie. Yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) So she starts trying to dig away under the fence, and then the exhaustion from that, and obviously from the operation, she passes out, or becomes very dazed and sort of falls over. Yeah, I, I, she probably just gets heat stroke. Probably. I mean, it's Australia, you get heat stroke just from yeah. walking outside. It's the middle of summer. Yeah. 
It's Christmas. Oh, yeah, it is. It's Christmas Day at this point, isn't <laughs> yes. it? Oh, yeah, it's Christmas Day now. Because I think later on they have... Oh, they have Silent Night playing yeah, later on, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Just to remind you, it's a Christmas movie. It's yeah. a Christmas movie, everyone. We should have saved this for our December podcast. <laughs> our Christmas movie. <laughs> the Clinic. <laughs> it just so happens to happen at Christmas. Um, but as she's sort of dazed, she notices three women approaching her. They seem dressed as she is in the uniforms with the Roman numerals on. And yeah, she starts bleeding. And that's how that scene ends. We now cut to Cameron as Hank explains that they're going to book him for as much as they can. Essentially. They're just going to lock him in jail for as long as they can. Yep. And they're going to delay the trial and... Yeah. So like, if you wanted any more proof that um, Hank and Marv were in on it, you know, they're not being subtle. No. He's not like, don't worry, we'll find your fiance or something like that. He's not even trying. He's not even like, you know, I got to book you for for attacking a citizen, but don't worry, I'll keep looking for your fiance. No, 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 none of that shit. Just full on. Yeah, Cameron listens, but his focus is clearly on Hank's gun as he talks. Beth is helped by one of these women who is a doctor. She, um, Veronica. Veronica. I was, I was thinking Vicky for some reason. I kept give, getting these women mixed up because they look very similar. I kept having yeah. to distinguish them by the hair. Yeah. We've got long hair. We've got mousy hair, black hair, and short hair. <laughs> yeah, I got dark, dark hair, blonde hair, and glasses. <laughs> oh, glasses, yes. And then and then, Beth, and then Beth, yeah. yeah. So this is this is Veronica. She says she says she's a doctor. Great. They discuss how they're going to escape. We also meet Allison, who has long hair and glasses and doesn't talk, mm-hmm. probably because she's uh, in a mild state of shock. Yeah, which is understandable. Yeah. And we also meet Ivy, who's the sassy one. Yeah. Who has who's blonde with short hair. Yep. All these women look very similar facially. They really do. It's I'm like, could you, <laughs> women come in all shapes and sizes. Why have you picked four that look the same? <laughs> like this is no, no. Like they're all pretty good actors. I mean, a bit hit and miss here and there, but not not awful in any point. Veronica's pretty good. Veronica's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Ivy's a bit hit and miss. Allison doesn't have any lines, so Allison it's hard to tell. Really do much. And Beth is pretty good. Yes. It's just the fact that they look so similar. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's, what's a good comparison? There's like, you know, the celebrities who look so similar. Oh, the Pokemon evolutions of Margot Robbie. Yes. Samara Weaving, Margot Robbie, and... Oh, oh who was the last one? Oh, no, I, I completely know what you mean. Yeah, I can't mean the name. No, we can't. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. But it's like if you put all three of those women in the same movie. I would not tell them apart. Yeah, exactly. I still look at, um, like, pictures of Margot Robbie or Samara Reeve and go, oh, is that chick from um, My Name is Earl or DLA? <laughs> I'm like that with, um, for some reason I have a blind spot for Florence Pugh and Hayden Panettiere. I think they look very oh, similar. they do. Because I watched, when, when Don't Worry Darling was coming out and the trailers for that came out, I was like, oh, look, Hayden Panettiere's in a movie. And then my, my partner, Sean, turned to me and was like, that's Florence Pugh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, is it? <laughs> the main difference being Florence Pugh is a really good actor. I like Hayden Palatet. Thank so you very I. much. I loved Heroes back in the day. And Until Dawn the Game, great. I don't know what else she's done since that. Scream. She was great in the Scream movies. Boy, do I have some fun stuff Until Dawn. <laughs> 
Anyway, we should stop getting yeah. distracted. We'll get back to the movie now. So Beth is being helped by one of the women, Veronica. We also meet Alison with the long hair and Ivy with the short hair. Alison hasn't spoken to any of them yet. They know her name because of a pendant she's got, apparently. Yes. She has a necklace that you never see. Yes, I was going to say, I was looking for that. And I was expecting it to be like, you know, when she inevitably dies, they were going to keep it as like, in memoriam. Yeah. I'll remember you, Alison, for your sacrifice or whatever. But no, never see that fucking necklace. Beth says uh, she's heard of a place like this. So I don't know how or why she knows about this, but apparently she does. Also, if you have heard of a place like this, this is common enough knowledge that people know this sort of thing exists. Mm. Why are you going on a road trip cross-country and staying in sketchy motels? That's a very good point. But also, people have that thing where they're like, oh, it'll never happen to me. They have Most people have that mindset of, it'll never happen to me. Do you think Beth is just on, like, the <laughs> 1979 version of, like, creepypasta websites? <laughs> <laughs> That's how she knows about it. That's how she knows about it. I love that idea. Yes, please. Ivy says they must want them for something else, otherwise they would have been left for dead. Which is a very good point. Yes. Thank you, Ivy. I was wondering the same fucking thing. They were all pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn this because they all have the same uh, vertical line yep. of blood. The same very clearly put on by a... Uh, costume department. Costume department yep. uh, blood <laughs> line. Yep. They, he- they hear a woman screaming and go to investigate. They enter one of the buildings. Uh, we notice at this point that all of their outfits have Roman numerals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I... <laughs> I caught on to this way before the characters did as well, as the, <laughs> <laughs> which I think just is indicative of this movie, really. They were walking through one by one, and I just went, oh, the Roman numerals are, um, are sequential. Do you want to know what's kind of terrible? I just, like, I knew they all had Roman numerals, and I went, oh, those are Roman numerals, and my brain just went, these are probably the same ones. <laughs> it's probably, like, the ones on her ones are probably the same ones from her dreams. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And they're not. No. No, but as they walk past, us, like, oh, they're sequential. And the p- characters don't pick up on this for maybe another half an hour of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize that was, you know, going to be a plot reveal. Okay, sure. Uh, they follow a, they find a trail of blood and then follow it into sort of the bathrooms or shower area or whatever that is. Oh, I don't even know. It's some sort of locker room, I think, where they find uh, the corpse of another woman who's clearly bled out and died there. Mm-hmm. The woman's stitches the woman's stitches on her C-section have been torn open, and they say not by her own hands, because her hands are clean, they don't have blood on them. Cool. Which actually doesn't make sense, because if that's been torn open, surely you're going to, like, press on the wound or something before you... Yeah, she out. just went, oh, you're ripping that open? Okay, I guess I'm dying. No, this... <laughs> Where's your survival instinct, woman? Oh, yeah, maybe Unnamed she just has... woman. Yeah, maybe she just has none. <laughs> maybe. Um, the woman suddenly jolts because she's not actually dead yet and the group works together to try and save her they like put some rags against her wound and stuff like that and she takes Beth aside and says if you survive please take care of my baby and she also says like my baby is blue yep and I was like like sad (laughs) (laughs) you're sad baby um, the bleeding. I, I love how long the characters spend debating what that means. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm sure you'll figure it out later. Find your babies first. Yeah, and then we'll we'll because I didn't get it. I didn't know what it meant because you, there's no way to figure it out. No, not really. No, 
there isn't. There's the whole reveal of, oh, surprise, but they spend so long talking about it. They do. It's a good, like, five-minute conversation about, what do you think she meant? Oh, maybe her baby's sad. Oh, maybe her baby's sick. There are certain sicknesses that make babies blue when they're born. Yeah. And I was like, okay, interesting. I'm sure we'll find out later if you guys just find your babies first. Um, The woman uh, dies. She bleeds to death and she dies. Very sad. Beth says they can't leave her like this. So then we cut back to Hank and Cameron. <laughs> if I have to listen to Hank munch Chinese <laughs> any fucking longer, I was going to explode. You should just shoot him. It was... <laughs> to be honest, it was... I, I almost, like, skipped 30 seconds ahead because I couldn't. It's so loud. And I have a thing about hearing people chew. He also eats. He's eating Chinese in his car while he's driving. With chopsticks. With with chopsticks. With the confidence of someone who knows there is not another single person on that road and there will not be. Yes. Because he's just munching away. I think he's talking to Cameron, but I honestly was not paying attention because I couldn't. Because (laughs) constantly. (laughs) And I was like, for the love of God, die. Like, I don't care if you're the main villain of this plot, just die so I don't have to hear you masticate anymore. The thing I love about that, though, is that ages ago, he had Cameron in his car talking about how he was going to get, like, have the law thrown at him. Mm. And then he stopped <laughs> at a Chinese shop that Cameron went to the night before He's just rubbing when it in his, his face wife now. got kidnapped. Hey, you know you know when you went out to get food, which gave us the opportunity to kidnap your wife? <laughs> noodles. This nom, is nom, what nom. you were missing out on. <laughs> yeah. Now you don't have a wife or noodles. Nom, 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 nom. Do you think he asked what his favorite like Chinese food was? <laughs> and then just went in and got it so he could eat it in front of him like a petulant child. Yes. I do not put it past Hank. <laughs> no, he's, he's comically villain. While this is happening, thank God, Cameron grabs Hank's gun, which stops him chewing, which is all I wanted. <laughs> And it's makes, the small things in life. It's the small things in life. And makes him pull over. Uh, he orders Hank out and orders him to uncuff him. And then Cameron walks him over to like a pylon or like an electrical pole or something like that. Something in the middle of nowhere, just a pole. Just, just, just a pole. And handcuffs him around the pole. So he puts his arms around it and then handcuffs him so he can't get away. And then throws the keys away. Yep. And I was like, cool. That I, I love the idea of Marv driving past you later and just finding Hank's, Hank's corpse. Like, that would have been so good. Yep. And then just going, they killed my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then going on a rampage or something like that. Oh No, he just turns up again later with no explanation as to how he escaped. But that must have been how Marv found him. We <laughs> just drove past. Yeah, yeah because this, this is buttfuck nowhere on a long-ass stretch of road. I... And very curious as to where um, Hank was actually taking Cameron. That's a good point. Like, how big is this town? Yeah. Because they were driving for quite a while. Yeah. But they did stop off for Chinese first. Which was very close to the uh, motel. Oh, yeah, because he walked back. Yeah. Which also means, how long did it take them to kidnap Beth? 30 seconds? <laughs> like... Look, chloroform's magical. <laughs> yeah. We, we've got movie chloroform. It just happens. Yep. We touch you with it and you fall asleep. Um, but Cameron drives off with the cop's car, leaving Hank stranded in the middle of the desert. Uh, the woman's... The woman's... The, the, the group of women stand together, uh, having, I assume, buried other woman whose name we didn't know. Yeah, there's vaguely 
something mound-shaped on the ground yeah. by a, a grave. A grave of some sort. How'd they bury that? How'd they dig that? With their recent internal surgery. <laughs> With their trauma. <laughs> With their trauma. I mean, Alison hasn't spoken a word yet, but sure, she'll dig a grave for you. Yeah. Like, that's fine. Sure. Maybe they, maybe <laughs> maybe the mound is the body and they just sort of kicked sand over it. That would make more sense. <laughs> and they're just like, it'll do. It'll do. It'll do. I'm having a day. I'm not yeah. I'm not digging a hole. I hate to say it, if I'd been in that situation, we can't just leave it here. We can. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back for her later. If and when we survive this. Yeah. I have bigger fish to fry. Yeah. If I'm getting out of here, I'm certainly not letting this place continue to run. I'll come back for the body. I'm sure she won't mind. Mm. <laughs> like Random woman who we don't know her name. Yes. So I, I assume they... they buried the woman and then they continue the debate about why the baby was blue it, the, Veronica says there is a genetic or birth defect that can turn the baby's skin blue and I thought maybe that would be relevant later like maybe they're all here because they had some sort of birth defect with their babies or something like that I was literally grasping at straws for some sort of logic in what was happening at this point Yeah, <laughs> and I love Ivy it's just like oh maybe her baby was cold and I was like thanks Ivy you contribute it. Yeah, basically. Here's your little gold star. Thank you for saying something. Alison, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Alison. I love Alison. She's just the quiet one in the corner. She's uh, just there so that they can kill her later. Yeah, I know, right? She's she's cannon fodder. Yeah. She's literally there just to be hit with the cannonball later. She, yeah, she's there because they like that number of women. And yeah, they're like, oh, three. Hmm, no, we kind of need a, a larger body count than that. Yeah. Let's add four and one with no name. Yeah. Let's do that. Maybe they just had some extra budget. And they're like, we can hire someone else to be this, this um, uh, you know, the last person. Uh, but she can't have any lines. <laughs> Featured extra role. <laughs> yeah. Gets more screen time than dying woman. But <laughs> no lines. But no lines. Uh, I, Ivy thinks um, they should just leave. I was like, gee, we hadn't thought of that. Thanks, Ivy. Veronica and Beth refused to leave without their babies, though. Oh, look, you're in this far. Yeah, I was like, I can see both sides. Um, just wanting to leave? Sure, I'm sure you can whack that fucking padlock with a stone and then try and find help. And then find your babies. And then on the other side, I can also see we need to make sure our babies are okay before we leave in case they, like, kill them while we're away or whatever. Um, Alison abstains because she doesn't say anything. <laughs> so so it's two votes to one for staying to look for their babies uh, they split up half search the top and half search the bottom floor of one of the warehouses where the fuck did they find a lantern where was this lantern I missed it if they picked it up at any point I don't know where it was I vaguely recall that I think they found it like outside the door right like when it turns up is when it turns up hey we need a lantern oh look a lantern yeah. <laughs> for blocks for block convenience. Jazz hands. <laughs> so we we get some classical music now as we see someone is watching them from the surveillance cameras. And it's very obvious because they wear very specific outfits that stand out. I was like, Oh, it's the couple who were like walking to the pool yelling German at each other before leaving. Yeah. It's not a mystery. Movie, stop trying to do mysteries. You're either not giving us any clues or you're smacking us in the face with the clues. There is only two other people in this movie. <laughs> it's them. Yeah, it's them. Hank and Marv are clearly the kidnappers and then whoever these two people are are in, in on it as well. 
Ivy tries to converse with Alison, who doesn't talk. They hear a noise down the hall and find a filing cabinet. In it is a collection of Polaroid uh, cameras and Polaroid pictures as well. Uh, Ivy takes a picture of Alison before giving it to her, as well as the camera. And she's just like, hey, use this as proof if you ever get out of here. You know what? I thought they were going to use that camera. And even the first and second time I thought I, they saw us, I thought they were going to use that camera for a really cool jump scare. It would have been really good. It, so much opportunity. So much wasted opportunity. Yeah. And that you could have done so much with this camera. You could have used it to, like, build the case against whoever this was. And then, you know, whoever survives at the end, you know, brings the cops in and is like, here's a full folder of photographs of all the fucked up shit they did. Or, yeah, for a jump scare. You know, yeah. killer in the shadows, you take a picture and they're standing there and then they stab you. Yeah. Great. Great. No, it's not used. No. Not at all. In oh. fact, it's incredibly irrelevant. It's used for plot, because that's how they find out the killer is a female. Oh, that's right. Because they take a photo of the back of her. And I don't know how that photo got taken either. I don't know. Alison's dying on the floor and just decides to snap a photo of it. Yeah. She's finally talking. (laughs) (laughs) A picture says a thousand words. (laughs) So she has the most lines. She has the most lines. And we haven't even got to that yet. We're skipping ahead. Um, Ivy finds a locked cabinet with what I thought legitimately must have been like a blood sample or like a tissue sample or some sort of medical thing in it because it's in a locked glass cooled cabinet. Yeah. And I was like, cool, that's interesting. I wonder what that is. Is that going to be part of the mystery? Beth and Veronica search the other floor. We learn that Ivy was raped and that's why she's sort of ambivalent or doesn't know if she wants to keep her baby. Cool, we have motivation for why she wanted to leave. I like this. Yep. This gave us a good character explanation as to why she was like, no, fuck that, let's leave. It does. It's also just, I don't know, they had to put that in as your your reason for why she's not motherly, rather than maybe she just doesn't want to be a mother. Yeah. And and why she's so, like, sassy and rude. Yeah. Instead of, like, maybe, maybe people could just have that personality. Yeah. Without added trauma. We're already in trauma. Let's not add trauma. No, but no, this is 1979. It's 1979. Meanwhile, Ivy breaks into the cabinet and collects a packet of lollies. Yep. Why was this packet of lollies locked in a cooled glass cabinet that looks like medical equipment? What? I just... I'm so confused. (laughs) I know for plot reasons, but... Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's a pineapple lump situation. <laughs> They're better cooled. Yeah. They're just like, oh yeah, I don't want my, I don't want my lolly, I don't want my like jelly worms and stuff like that at room temperature. Chuck it in the medical cabinet, but lock it because you know, <laughs> you know Jerry's always nicking my shit. Goddamn Andrew! <laughs> Goddamn Andrew's always nicking my yogurts out the out the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's. Like a randomized loot horror game. Yes. What are you going to find in there? Candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like rooting around, you know, Freddy Krueger or Jason or whatever's chasing you and you're searching the jewels and you're like, please be a knife, please be a knife. It's a candy bar for extra health. God damn it. (laughs) It's literally that. So Beth and Veronica come to a room and find a collection of photographs. They learn they're not the first women this has happened to. This is some sort of ongoing thing. What a surprise. What a surprise. I'm shocked. Like. Flabbergasted. If it had gone this smoothly and it was their first time, like mm. kidnapping six women. 
Six women. Six women. Yeah, you're right. Six women. Jesus. And this is their first time doing it. Mm. I would be impressed. Yeah. Alison walks the halls alone because Ivy's too busy with her bag of lollies. Uh, we see electrical sparks, and it's like, are we in a generator room or something like that? And again, I was expecting the sparks to be used in a jump scare. Yeah. Like, it'll flash, and then there's somebody there. Yeah. Uh, no. No. Um, we see flies buzzing all around. I thought there'd be, like, a body in here, or this is where they throw all the, the women who've died or whatever like that. I was expecting her to walk into, like, a pile of ex-pregnant women. <laughs> that was a weird those, way to phrase those that. Those are just called women. <laughs> But, you know, with the C-section and everything yep. like that, you, you, you know what I mean. There's crickets littering the floor as well, or something. There's bugs on the floor. This is why I was like, there's corpses down here. Yep. For sure. 100%. She turns the corner and realizes that the flashing lights is a bug zapper, which is what's killing the flies. Um, she drops the lantern because a fly hits her eye under her glasses, I think. I mean, that would be pretty shocking. It would have made me drop a lantern. Make me swear up a storm. Yeah, you motherfucker bitch. <laughs> this just made me laugh because she 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 dropped that and I was like, oh now my glasses. It was like <laughs> I can't see without my glasses. Um, yeah, I don't know how it managed to hit her in the eye as well when she's wearing glasses. But she bends down to fix the lantern and we see a fo- figure stood behind her. The group then hears a scream. It's not even a jump scare though. No, it's not. I wish it was. It's... This would have been the perfect opportunity to use the flashing light. Yeah. Like, have it flash and be the figure standing somewhat away. It goes dark again. Flash again, she's a little bit closer. Yeah. Flash again, it's a little but bit closer. But somehow, you manage to have someone appear out of nowhere, and it's not a jump scare. I know! You're just like, oh, hello. Goodbye. But yeah, goodbye, goodbye Alison. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we knew... I, I wish I, I could say we knew you well, but... um. I wish I could hear your voice again. <laughs> I wish I could hear that sweet, sweet voice one last time. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the group hears a scream. Um, I, I, uh, this made me laugh. So they're all running to where Allison is, and Ivy just eats floor. <laughs> yeah. she, she runs to go check on Allison and just face plants into the floor and is like, Karma, bitch, don't leave your partner. That would have hurt so much. With the C-section. Yeah. But no, she's fine. Yeah. Just land stomach. Maybe she's got, she doesn't even have big boobs. I was going to say maybe the boobs were like. The <laughs> Not how that works, buddy. <laughs> We've already established I don't know how boobs work, okay? This is you, becoming more and more evident. <laughs> what do you mean? They're not like like uh, airbags for when you fall? Um, like, is... <laughs> only when they're not natural. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. But yes, I, I laughed my ass off when, when Ivy ate floor because I was like, karma. <laughs> we cut to the three women sat around Alison's body. She's been killed. What? In a slasher film? Never. Yeah. Uh, Beth tells Ivy off for leaving her, and Veronica sticks her fingers into Alison's wound. Yeah, Beth really goes off at Ivy. She just goes for it. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, she has a yell at at Ivy, justifiably. Yes. Because we split off into pairs to make sure that we were safe, and then you you let Alison walk alone, and she got killed. And then she just... Full on, like, fists into fucking Allison's C-section. Um, and pull something out, but they don't know what it is. I don't know what it is because we didn't get a look at it at all. 
It's just like, I found something, cut. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't have noticed anyway. It was dark lighting. It's very, very dark. And it's covered in blood. Yeah. Ivy finds a picture from the Polaroid camera of uh, another woman. Alison's killer. Question mark. <laughs> Possibly. Well, they assume it is. <laughs> they assume it they, is. Well, they tell us straight away, this is the person who killed her, right? Okay, I'll take your word for yep. it. Yep. You've not exactly been subtle, so I'll just take you at your word. Yep. I'll assume there's no trickery here. Uh, Cameron returns to the motel and attacks Marv. I mean... Understandably. Same, yeah. Yeah, just beat the shit out of him. Yep. Uh, He says he sometimes gets called... Sorry, this is Marv. Marv says he sometimes gets calls from a woman asking if any pregnant women are staying at the motel. How many pregnant women stay at this motel that he receives regular calls from this lady. Also, how regular are they? Like, in a motel, you would stay one, two nights. Yeah, it's a motel. You yeah. you stay there because you're too tired to drive, and then you leave in the morning. Like, is it just by complete coincidence? And it's in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Yeah. How many pregnant women are stopping off at this motel conveniently for one night where their partner goes to get Chinese, they can kidnap her? <laughs> like... <laughs> These are very specific circumstances. But somehow they managed to kidnap six women, apparently. Yep. I, sure. I, and that, I guess. It's never explained. No, it's never explained at all. I assume, I assume that this is some sort of bigger thing and there's other towns involved. And maybe, you know, Alison was from a different town and Veronica's from another town somewhere else. And, and Veronica's like meant to be some big shot doctor and stuff. And I'm like, where's her partner? Yeah. Where's her Cameron? Yeah. Andrew, where are, where are you? Come find your wife. Damn it, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I, my note here literally just says, okay, this is the middle of nowhere. I question this logic. <laughs> uh, Cameron hurts him for more information, and he and Marv tells him directions to where Beth is. And I think this is... Yeah, this is where like, he's like, this is the old abattoir. Oh, is that where he says it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we learn this about the abattoir. Back at the facility, because I refuse to call it a clinic, because clinic implies some sort of medical stuff, and we've not seen any medical stuff anywhere. Yeah, they really don't have any certification. <laughs> Where's the health inspector? I need to have a word. But it's more of a facility than it is a clinic, because there's no medical anything anywhere. Like, even, even cynical medical equipment would yeah. be a clinic. It's not. Oh. It's an abattoir. Yeah. It's a facility. Yeah. There is... It- I mean, it's, that's the point of it. Yeah. They worked backwards from the poster, like they you said. Really so. <laughs> they really did. Back at the facility, Veronica realizes that their uniforms are sequential. And I went, oh, this is a plot twist? Oh, sorry. I noticed earlier. <laughs> I wish I could have told you. <laughs> like, I yeah. didn't have any lines. I could have paid me for him. But Alison knew. She totally did. She knew. and um, She just didn't get any lines. <laughs> Poor Alison. <laughs> Um, we learned that the, the killer's number was before them, and then each of them, I can't remember what order it in, I don't think it matters, is sequentially after that. Yep. Um, Beth has flashes of her nightmare again. And again, yep. this feels so out of place. Yep. She just has flashes of the baby vomiting blood, or blood pouring out of the baby, or just baby being drowned in blood. I think, to be fair, it's meant to represent the baby being surrounded by the mother's blood, because the mothers have the... Um, Roman numerals and the blood flows into the Roman numerals and right, that yeah, it's sort like of the, idea. Yeah, women being sacrificed for the baby kind of yeah. feeling to it, which makes sense. But again, these flashes are completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. They don't 
She you, has, you could cut them and it wouldn't change a single thing about this movie. She has multiple prophetic dreams and they mean nothing. Yeah, it helps in no way. I guess it does sort of add to a twist we get right at the end of the movie. But apart from that, it doesn't really add anything to that. You could have easily added in a line somewhere where, like, I don't know. It's so weird that you have blue eyes, but your parents both have brown eyes or something like that. I don't know. I, even that, just not needed. It's, yeah. You take that out. You also take out the... The plot twist that they add at the very end well, is pretty unnecessary as well, to be honest. I mean, you can keep this. It's like a conversation with um, Veronica about her dreams in which Veronica is very clearly going... I am not a psychologist. <laughs> Why are you talking to me like this? Please just believe me. Just cut me that out. Make yeah. the movie a bit shorter. I mean, this movie is only 80 minutes anyway. This yeah, movie is short as hell. The first, like, <laughs> 60 is really hard. <laughs> yeah, until we start getting some proper action, it's very slow. It is. Uh, Ivy spots some formula bottles upstairs as they're wandering around, and they enter a room to find a line of babies padlocked into cages. Uh, Beth and Veronica try to free the babies, but can't. I don't know what they were going to accomplish by pushing whatever they were pushing. Were they trying to push the lid off? I feel like it's like the lid kind of is hinged, and so they could take the whole... Right, and free all the babies. Yep. They also realise that they have no way to tell which one of theirs, because this is 1979, and this is six years before the invention of DNA testing. (laughs) Don't ask. Uh, I'm surprised it didn't come up as a little caption. Yeah. Remember, remember. (laughs) Remember what we gave you earlier? Uh, Each baby has a different coloured tag, and the tag they found inside Alison matches one of the babies. So that was Alison's baby. And the dying woman said her baby was blue. So now we know what that means. Hooray. Yay, babies. (laughs) Yay, babies. Whoever the killer is, is trying to identify their baby, is the conclusion they come to. By killing the rest of them, figuring out which babies are theirs so they can take whichever one is left. You know what would have solved this? Just good conversation. Yeah, I have a note about this later. Where I'm like, you know what would have worked if you all just worked together? That would have been great. (sighs) Ivy, Ivy concludes that she does want her baby. She says it's different once you've seen it. Or something like that. She's a very... Stereotypical thing to have had happen. Yes. Woman who... Resentful mother. Women must love babies. Yeah. It's a rule. You have to like babies. Just like men don't cry. Yeah. Like... (laughs) I think Ivy's there just to be like... Oh, she's different. Yeah. Oh, Oh, wait, no, she's not. Yeah. She's there just so that not all the characters... (laughs) Not only it's have really the same facial, exp- uh, facial features. The second she becomes more like everyone else is when they kill her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too late. You should have conformed earlier. Yeah. Veronica says she might be able to get the tags out of them because she is a doctor. And she saw some medical equipment that they could use um, for the operations. I don't know where she saw this medical equipment because we haven't seen shit. Probably when her and Beth were upstairs searching for things and... Oh, yeah, probably. It's probably next to the cabinet that had lollies locked in it for no reason. There's also medical equipment in there because plot demands. Um, The couple continues to watch the monitors as well. They continue to watch these women now that they found their babies. Cameron follows Marv's directions to an off-road while Veronica leads them to where the medical stuff is, but they come across some wild dogs outside. 
don't know where these dogs were earlier when they were wandering around outside in the full paddock area. Do you think they, like, Hunger Games it and release them? Oh, maybe. But, like, this game isn't inter- interesting enough. Release the dogs! Yeah. Dogs which probably aren't hungry, seeing as they've got food. This is what so many movies get wrong about, like, predators. Like, natural predators, not, like, supernatural ones. It's like, they don't hunt if they're not hungry. Unless it's a grizzly bear. Yeah, in which case that's territorial. They just fuck you up. Yeah. They're just like, bam! No. But they always make them out to be, like, these merciless, like, not, you can't stop them Terminator-style monsters. And I'm like, they're just, they're just not. Even territorial ones have a limit. They'll stop after a certain amount. But in movies, they just don't. But anyway, they get they get chased off by these dogs. There's two dogs, and they split off. Ivy splits off, and Veronica and Beth run in the other direction. Um, Ivy makes her way through uh, cattle ranch stuff. Yeah. It's basically... Like the fencing for... The fencing is what they lead the cows through to take them to the abattoir. Yeah, yeah. So they go in single file, so they come out single file, and then they... Yeah, this is before she goes through the single file area. It's just where they're like, the little cages where yeah. the cows would have been kept just before taken to the abattoir, I guess. She's hopping through all of those, and uh, Veronica and Beth run through the desert area. Ivy managed, manages to hide herself under a trough. Or yep. something like that. So the dog... Actually, very smart. Very clever, because the dog just can't lift it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's going. how long it's going to take for that dog to go away, but... We, yeah, okay. Veronica and Beth, in the, in the meantime, eat dirt. <laughs> <laughs> they, fall, they fall into a pit. Um, yep. Which has got, like, metal sides. So somebody's, like, built feel, this with a purpose, but yeah, I don't know what the purpose is. It must be like some sort of underground silo or something along those lines. Maybe Probably. it's maybe it's like a pit that they throw bodies like the meant to throw like the kettle into or mm. something afterwards. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. They're unconscious now. So we cut now back to Cameron, who hits a set of tire poppers that somebody's laid across the road, which causes him to flip the car. The car is totaled and Cameron is what I thought was unconscious. No, I'm not a car guy. No, neither am I. But I'm pretty sure that's not how cars work because that was a very intense flip. That was a that was a yeah that, that car, was car did down. a pirouette. <laughs> Just needed a tutu and it's full on Swan Lake. Yes, like, <laughs> like what the hell? Yeah, what the hell was? That? I'm pretty sure you get your tires popped and you probably swerve. Yeah, but mainly you swerve. You maybe you go off you road. You stop. crash the car into a ditch. Yeah, you don't you don't pirouette the car. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, oh, okay, he's going to maybe wake up just in time to, like, find Beth as she escapes, or maybe she can finds you, him can unconscious. Can you imagine that scene of Beth running towards him and he just turns up and shoots someone running behind her? <gasps> Would have been great. so good. So what satisfying. a way to come back into the, like, into the movie. movie. Oh. Yeah. So I was expecting him to prop up later, but we'll tackle that when that happens. Yep. She continues to have dreams. Beth has a repeat of her nightmare now for the third time in this movie. Uh, Which makes it seem really important. And it's not it's at all. It's not. She wakes up and it's nighttime. So clearly she's been knocked unconscious for a while, which probably explains why Ivy's safe as well, because the dogs got bored after so many hours of trying to get at her yeah. or whatever like that. But um, it's nighttime. She and Veronica talk about her dream and Veronica sits there patiently listening, despite the fact that she's not a psychologist. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she's just... She said she dreamt about this place. And I'm like, 
You didn't though, did you? You dreamt about a giant stone slab. You, dre- you dre- dreamt about baby, some blood, some Roman numerals, and yeah, stone slab. That was it. You didn't dream about whatever this place is. No. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I put. So she's prophetic? Question mark. I was like, what? Okay. We'll tackle that later. Can you imagine that, that had come into it as well? Like, just suddenly it's supernatural? She st- <laughs> I love she st- it! She starts, that's so ravening it. <laughs> Ducks just at the right time for Cameron to shoot over her head. Oh, oh so, so good. good. <laughs> that's not what happens, everyone. <laughs> we, are, we are building expectations. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, Lower them substantially. (laughs) Yeah, bring the bar down. Uh, Veronica has an injured leg and so can't climb out of the pit. It's dislocated. She's dislocated her knee. Is that what she says? That's what she says. Please just relocate it. Pop it back in. You're a doctor. You are a doctor. You can do this. I've dislocated my elbow before. Oof. And it hurt. It hurt so much. And there is a whole story behind that. Um, Then they relocated it and I was fine. So you, is, is it literally just you pop it back into place and you're okay? It still hurts. Yeah, but it's like you can... And it depends how bad it is. Yeah. But, like but it's, in a survival it's not like situation, a break or a crack on your yeah. bone or anything in like that. In a survival situation, you're going to be able to... Pop that back in. Pop that back in, walk on it. Going to suck. Yeah, it's going to hurt, but it's doable. Yeah, but if, it's better than it not being... If it was like a broken back. ankle or something, then yeah, no, you're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. yeah. Just stay in the hole. That's how but, I die in a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> But she can't climb out. Beth can, though. So she climbs out and says that she'll find a way to get Veronica out. I will admit, they do thin out the numbers quite well. Yes. They're good at separating them with actual logic, for the most part. Yeah. For the most part. Alison um, and Ivy being split off was contrived. Yes. Alison's not shown to be, like, an investigator or anything like that. She's just sort of sticking with the pack for safety. And then she doesn't for plot reasons. I feel like... She got told to do something, so she did it. Mm. Probably all that Alice. That's probably, that's probably yeah. But here, there's a good reason. You know, they got uh, Ivy got split off because dogs, and then Veronica can't climb the wall, so Beth has to leave her. Good. We've got yeah. great explanations as to why. It's not just oh, I don't want to go that way, so they split up, which happens in some horror movie. Ivy emerges from hiding underneath the trough, mm-hmm. the rusted old trough thing. The dogs are gone. So she makes her way through the cattle area. There's some, we sort of get the idea that someone's watching her. Yeah. She heads through the long cattle walkway, mm. which is obviously to the abattoir. Nice metaphor, but very on the nose. Yep. She's literally walking to the abattoir. Yep. The door is locked to the actual barn itself, so she can't get out. So she heads back to the cattle turnstile, which is obviously um, one way. For obvious reasons. Yep. But she does notice we get a clear shot of the uh, cattle count on the side, and it says two. Brilliant. Love this. Yeah. This little moment, a little shot of it just saying two, and you go, that's good. That's creepy. I like that. I thought that was a really, really good moment. It's just, there are some some really good, just... There's little glimpses of really good ideas. Yeah. This little, just the little counter is such a small thing. And it tells you so much, while the rest of the movie is just like, do you get it yet? Do you get it? <laughs> she calls out to whomever else is in this area, and the cows become restless, for some reason, because horror movie. Uh, she's suddenly grabbed from behind and stabbed to death in the neck. Okay, so I have 
one thing, which is if this is an old abattoir, mm-hmm. and they make it sound like it's an abandoned abattoir, why are there cows still there? That's a good point. And my second thing being... I laughed so much when she died because of the cuts to the cows just watching her being hurt. <laughs> Bessie, help me. <laughs> it's just it's, so out of place. It's so funny. Yeah, like, it's, it's like they had a moment of brilliance and we're just like, no, we can't do any more of that. Quick, ruin it with, with shots of Look cows. the cows. <laughs> it's, cheap, it's cheaper than filming her actually being murdered. I love that, Bessie. Help me. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, yeah. Uh, who, whomever is watching them on the monitors uh, pulls Ivy's file from the desk and puts a red line through her picture. And I think, is this Battle Royale? <laughs> I'm like, it's really on the nose. Like, it's... I know this whole movie has been, but that scene in particular, I'm just like... <laughs> Yes, you're watching them get murdered. We, we know. Get it. We just don't know why because you've not really explained anything. That's my pet peeve with movies that try and do mysteries when they're just like, aha, it was this. And you're like, well, there was no way of figuring that out, was there? This isn't a mystery. Yeah, this isn't a mystery. You just didn't tell us anything. Yeah, this is just misinformation. Silent Night plays as Beth reaches a caravan. Merry Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, guys. Christmas, Christmas movie, everyone. <laughs> Uh, she hears a noise and uh, looks out the window and sees a man wheeling Ivy's body over. Mm-hmm. Um, she hides. The man washes his hand and spots her in the mirror. He then plays with some toy cars as he talks to her. Yep. Yeah. He seems um, mentally challenged. Yes. He's a very uncomfortable character in this whole film. Uh, yes. Um, very much so. Like, he just... I just, I, put, I just put mind of a child... Yeah. I'm just going to call it Mind of a Child. We'll we'll go with that. Yeah. He says Shepard is going to be mad at him, him being Duncan. His name is Duncan. Beth approaches to soothe the man. She offers him some lollies that she got from Ivy. I don't know when she got these off Ivy, but okay. Um, I, plot. I, <laughs> it's plot candy. It goes where it needs. <laughs> plot candy. Um, Beth asks who Miss Shepard is and we learn it's Duncan's mother he's basically a cleaner for the facility as she presses for more information he runs and she chases him Uh, he gets distracted by like a bulldozer toy or something like that or is it an actual like truck or something like that I can't remember I don't remember and she tackles him she full on like rugby tackles him what you doing? Ouch! Yeah, with the C-section injury. Oh, yeah, sure, whatever. She's. We're just. We're. We're moving past the um the the operation stuff now. It just doesn't matter in this plot. It, no, it doesn't at all. Apart from the fact that they've got a MacGuffin inside them. Yep. She steals his keys because she thinks it's the keys to the padlock with the babies. Yep. Logical progression, like that. That makes sense. She returns to Veronica and lowers some chicken cages down so she can climb out. She does. They hobble to a truck, and Beth leaves, leaves Veronica to make her a splint. Uh, Veronica instructs her on how the splint is made, like what to do and where to put it and everything like that. Meanwhile, the the, the other woman, the killer woman... Do we ever get a name for her? No. No, I'm just going to call her the killer woman. Yeah. The, the killer lady, killer woman, whatever. Uh, we see her hand reach into a truck. Uh, sorry, no, it's... It, um, it locks the car door behind them while while Beth is making Veronica a splint. 
And then she goes to a different truck in the manner of about two seconds. So she must have been like sonicking it over there. Must go fast. Um, <laughs> she, she opens that truck door that's on like a small mound, pulls the handbrake so the truck rolls down. Um, yeah. So it rolls into them. They both manage to escape. Both Veronica and Beth. But they do see the silhouette of their stalker as they leave. It's such a weirdly unnecessary little side bit, this entire yeah. making a splint. I mean, yeah. Sure. It's a shrug. Yeah. That's what I call this it's scene. Not, it's a shrug. It's not. We already know that the killer's after them, so like, and this accomplishes nothing. Yeah. It's not terrible, but it's just yeah, nothing. It's padding. Yeah. For an 80 minute movie. Yeah. I mean, maybe they needed to get it up to 80 minutes. Oh god. Um, so next, Beth and Veronica barricade themselves into one of the buildings. I think this is where they end up like moving a desk or a cabinet or something like that. Yeah. And I was just like, again, short. Veronica cuts open her stitches and with Beth's help operates on herself while the killer begins banging on the door. They hear the killer's footsteps inside, so they've made it inside and then the lights cut out. Beth leaves to try and find a light. Seriously? You've got, like, a scalpel. That's all you need. This woman's got nothing. V- Veronica's there in the corner. with her, like, stomach open. Maybe don't leave her for the killer that you know is inside because you've heard her footsteps running around. Yeah. Just just hide in the corner and pounce when she comes out to go off Veronica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Use your now injured friend as bait. It's what we all would do. Yeah. Uh, Veronica continues to operate, and she is then attacked. Beth arrives and fights the attacker. She pushes pushes the attacker away and impales her on a pipe that was sticking out. I can't even comment on that. Like, how many times have you seen that in a movie? So many. I don't know why this pipe was sticking out. The rest of the room looks fairly tidy. It looks like... I mean, it's been packed away, but it looks tidy. It's also... It didn't look like a particularly sharp pipe. It looks very blunt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you need a lot of force Yep. to impale someone. Okay, sure. Veronica tells Beth that the tag was yellow. Um, I assume, I, I was like, your tag or the killer's tag? Whose tag are we talking about? What tag? It's Veronica's. I assume it's Veronica's yeah. tag, yes. Veronica dies, having bled out after being attacked. Sorry, after operating on herself, then being attacked. She dies. She's not really a good doctor, is she? No. <laughs> No. Can't relocate her own knee. Can't perform <laughs> surgery on herself. What is the point? Yes, why were you a doctor? And she's the only one who we learned whose profession mm. they are. Which I have comments about later as well. Uh, yeah, Veronica dies. Just Beth left now. She's our final girl. Uh, she looks up. The killer is gone. <laughs> <laughs> and that, okay. is a, that is a good, like... What, foot-long pipe? Yeah. That somehow isn't sticking out of her. She manages to lever herself off that? Yeah, she she manages to, like, push herself off that silently. Mm-hmm. Because, without, without crying, which without, I would be gone. <laughs> without crying, screaming, or just general squelching noises of pipe coming out of stomach. But, <laughs> but you know, because Beth and Veronica are a foot away having a conversation yeah, yeah Beth's have, uh, sorry Veronica's having her final words and everything like that it was yellow my baby's yellow <laughs> and killers somehow managed to maneuver themselves off 
And from the impalement, it looked like it went probably through her spine as well. So yeah, I don't know how that works. At the very least through lungs or a heart or something. It's something probably important to your survival. Yeah. But sure. Because we always need that killer to come back for one last scare, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that she does. Having some... Not really. Not really a scare. <laughs> no. She, she crawls off to bleed somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, yes. Beth follows a blood trail into the bathrooms where she finds the woman bleeding on the floor. She picks up, she picks out her own tag out of her stomach uh, and she passes Beth Veronica's tag. She's like, here, have this one. It's Veronica's. But we already knew it was yellow. So not really a re- revelation there. Yeah. Uh, Beth needs to know this lady's tag to know which baby is hers. But at this point, she should just... Adopt all the babies. Yeah, why was that not the solution to begin with? Yes, I think this is... Yeah, here we go. Okay. Why didn't they all work together? Question mark. If they all got out, then they could have the tag safely removed and know which baby was theirs. Yeah. Like... This all could have been sorted with a conversation. Yeah. And I, I don't imagine these tags are particularly deep inside themselves, and I understand that they can they could probably travel. Yes. But, like, just get an x-ray. Yeah. I don't know. find it. Go to a hospital and get it, like, yeah. removed. Like, I, I don't know. It baffles me. Um, the woman offers Beth a deal. If Beth takes her baby as well, then she'll give her her tag. Miss Shepard had instructed her to kill the others in order to know which baby was hers. Now, if we're going with Battle Royale, this seems so unfair. This this lady was given a full-on leg up on what was happening, how the mechanics work, and given instructions. I feel like she was probably, like, the favourite. But we don't know why. When we meet Miss Shepard later, she's just like, well, I was betting on Susie. (laughs) We don't know her name. We'll call her Susie. Uh, we were betting on Susie because she, she's strong woman. Um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> but, you know, when she failed, you were our next best or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're trying really hard at this point as well to make us feel sympathetic for this, this dying woman. Not working. Or it didn't want me anyway. I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, that's a hard deal you got there. Could have just talked to this other woman. Yeah, could have just said something instead yeah. of murdering four other three other women four four other women four other women okay we've got unnamed woman at the beginning unnamed Ellison Ivy and and um, Veronica. Veronica yeah I so, was called Victoria <laughs> because they're so cut and paste I got Beth's name yeah because she's the main one and that's it and then the others mm. one of them's yeah. a doctor yeah <laughs> the woman dies Beth takes um, her tag, and I put good death face. <laughs> <laughs> That's my positive note for this for this actress, because she died there, and her like mouth was like slightly agape, and her eyes sort of glazed over. And I went, good death face. Mm. Looks realistic. A plus. Yeah, A put plus. Put Didn't do the the whole <sighs> as your eyes slowly close. Yeah. Which is such a trope in movies, and I don't kind of expecting that though. Yeah, this is true. Uh, whoever is watching finishes crossing off the other women off their files and takes Beth's file Beth's file and leaves they take Beth's one specifically off the desk and leave Beth heads to the baby room only to discover the babies are gone oh what I'm so surprised how did they get them out they had the key yeah 
Well, yeah, obviously they would have made a spare key or whatever like that. But, like, at no point... There's no other buildings in this area. There's just the abattoir building. So someone, like, drove over, picked up the babies all in the... I mean, Ivy and... Well, the, they were all out for a period of time, hiding under a um, trough or... Oh, true. It's the only time I can assume that they did it. They drove over and just nicked six babies and then drove yeah. off again. Okay. Beth heads to the baby room. Yeah, it's, uh, the babies are gone. She screams and cries at the loss yeah. of, of baby. The lights are suddenly turned off and she sees torches. Um, but then she is quickly jumped. There is this one point in that scene where she just gives this look of of complete and utter doneness. She's just so over it. And I'm like, oh, you're final girling it. <laughs> like, she yes. just has this look and she just goes, oh. But unfortunately... Like, yeah, you're the final girl. Unfortunately, she never reaches the level of, like, Samara weaving in, no. um, in uh, Ready or Not or anything like that. It never reaches that level, unfortunately. No. We see a ban, followed by Marv and Hank, the only two people who live in the town of yep. Montgomery, who unload the unconscious and chained Beth. We hear classical music again. Beth wakes chained to the floor. Uh, there's a woman who I assumed was Miss Shepherd, I am correct, who talks to the couple that we saw earlier. Uh, the couple is handed Beth's baby with a purple band. We hear the line, physically, she's one of the strongest we've ever had. And I was like, do you mean the baby or do you mean Beth? Yeah, I assumed they were talking about the baby the first time I saw that. I was like, really? Mm. She's been in the cold for a while. Yeah, you kind of just left her chained in a crib for a day or so. Yeah. Mm. Uh, are they judging the fitness of the baby by how hard the mother fights? I was trying to like figure out the logic of how this works. So like they're trying to, yeah, the fittest baby will be the one that belonged to the strongest mother. But in order for that to make any kind of fucking sense, you need to create a, a, a what's it called in science? You know, a base level. A control group. A control group. You need a control group, which they didn't have because they gave first woman, strong woman, killer woman, all the advantages and didn't tell any of the others shit. So technically, they've got a bias in their already fucked up system. Like, if you're going to be fucked up, at least be reasonable about it. Yeah, I don't think this is getting past the ethic board to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) It just really... It was the logic of it, Bronwyn. You don't understand. It really frustrated me. I was like, but you rigged the game. You were wrong about who you rigged it for, but you still rigged it. It's not the strongest... (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) If they'd all woken up in their bathtubs with their C-sections and everything, and we got a jigsaw-style video that was just like, hey... I you- bet they didn't even have a scientific theory or a hypothesis they were basing this off of. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but I really wanted this to be a jigsaw thing. We're like, if, imagine that, though. If Beth had woken up in the thing and the TV turns on and they're just like, if you want to see your baby, you need to collect five tags. Can you imagine just being naked... <laughs> in an ice bath and then a TV turns on with jigsaw on it and you're like <laughs> yeah, hands slowly raised to nipples to cover them like, like <laughs> yeah there, there's just so many flaws in what this woman is trying to do even by her own logic yep it's flawed which just frustrates me um and also but what did they do with the other babies or what happens to no the other idea. babies I put, I put, this is just a joke, everyone. I put, do they just go on sale as slightly used? 
Like, it's not the strongest one, but you know, it's good enough. Do you think they make the potential parents fight it out to decide who gets the strongest one? Oh my god! <laughs> Is that your whole nother movie? That's a whole nother experiment, my god. Yeah. Miss Shepard says that her clients choose from one of six babies by observing the mothers. Beth was a last minute replacement, so it was just fucking coinkydink that she happened to stay at the mall. How long did the they motel. keep these pregnant women, um, like, unconscious in a medical coma for before they found Beth? Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> finding six heavily pregnant women, taking them to the middle of buttfuck nowhere to play a game for your clients. This is a lot of very um, coincidental work. Yeah. Like, you need a lot of coincidences to make this make sense. Lady, you need to rethink your business plan. Yeah. Like, you need to streamline. It's high cost and, like, it can't be that (laughs) high. And high effort as well. Yeah. Like, streamline it. Get, like, a factory of pregnant women coming through. (laughs) Don't quit your day job, lady. Yeah. Beth was a last-minute replacement, but hooray, she won. Um, She makes a point of saying that they pick good stock as well. Yeah. Which surely means that, like, because they mentioned, you you know, we we pick successful women or something like that. Yeah, like they're doctors and lawyers and... She says that. Yeah. Veronica was a doctor. Yeah. Who was Ivy, Beth, other lady, killer lady, and, like, if they're at some point given us some... They're trying to do the revelation thing again without any setup for it. If they've been, like, you know, Beth is a very successful... Re- realtor or something like that and you know uh, Alison is a like Beth doesn't have to have anything she was the replacement she was the replacement if Alison was like a really well known author or something like that like Veronica going hey I know your books you're Alison Blue who yeah. wrote that famous series of novels acclaimed novels or something like that and then famous Ivy had talk something talk show host <laughs> yeah <laughs> And Ivy as well. Like, Ivy doesn't seem to fit either because she was a rape victim as well, which would go against the, quote-unquote, principles of this lady's whole deal. I I just want to strangle this lady for not making the logic of her evil. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, this just makes... She just... It doesn't make sense. I was like, this is not a reveal because you haven't given us any information. It's not. Um, we, we see the new adoptive father of Beth's baby holds a gun to Beth's head. The last instruction for the parents is to kill the mother before they take the baby. I did actually have a thought about that. I'm, I feel like, obviously this is all highly illegal. Oh, yeah. Mildly. parents don't necessarily do anything illegal until that point. This is probably her leverage over them to make I sure don't they don't tell anyone. Probably. Yeah, probably. They can hold it over them, and it's to make sure they're serious about it as well, I guess. Yeah. Like, the final straw. I mean, you definitely get done for, like, coercion. Not coercion. What's the thing where you, like, work with someone to do something illegal? I can't remember what it's called. Bad life choices. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely get done for bad life choices. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, Yeah, so the, the adoptive father holds a gun to Beth, and suddenly Duncan arrives with a double barrel shotgun. Yep. And points it at the man. Duncan has mummy issues, and I respect this, because his mother is an ass. She really is. He keeps fake shooting as well, which is uncomfortable. It is. The whole... 
His entire character's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. And he's only in two scenes. Yeah. And he's just like, please stop. But he keeps going like, bang. And I'm like, no, please stop no, it. Stop, please. Stop it. Shepard tells him to shoot Beth, but he hesitates. I don't know why he feels anything towards Beth, or does he just hate his mother that much? I completely understand if he hates his mother that yeah. much. Oh, she gave him candy. She gave him candy. Okay. And that's enough for him to shoot That's the only nice thing he's ever had in his life. I mean, that's the kind of vibe I got, was that he gets treated so poorly by his mother that the first person who shows him any sense of, like, decency and being nice, and he's like... yeah. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I'll pick you. I mean, fair, because mother's line is, uh, shoot her, you stupid retard. Do as you're fucking told. Yeah. Great. Love a plus, it. A plus mothering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She should definitely be in charge of letting other people become mothers. Exactly, right? The adoptive father turns to shoot Duncan... Sorry. The adoptive father turns and shoots Duncan, who in turn shoots him back. I imagine he just has the finger on the trigger. Probably, yeah. There's no gun safety. Because um, Duncan gets shot in the head. And that's generally zero reaction time after being shot in the head. Mm. So I, I feel like the Duncan shooting was accidental, but it does work out conveniently well because it kills both the adoptive mum and the father as well. I love it just goes through the dad. Just <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's just got a really wide shot, but not wide enough to hit Beth. Well, um, is it a double barrel or a single barrel? I thought it was double barrel, but maybe you're right. Double maybe barrels just... don't shoot both at the same time. They shoot one and the other. Oh, Mostly, okay. Anyway, it's the ones I've used. Um, so, But I mean, they do have a decent spread. Yeah, so. because it's pellets, so... yeah. Yeah, but Beth doesn't get hit, which yeah. is fine, I guess. Sure. Shepard escapes. Beth manages to get out of her chains. I don't know how she got out. I think she, she found just... a rock. Did she actually? <laughs> no. Oh. I was like, did I just miss this? No, she just... She just Who isn't in chains anymore. <laughs> she just isn't in chains yeah. anymore. She's psychic. <laughs> a prophetic dream she knew. Uh, I assume she takes Duncan's, Duncan's keys, maybe, and maybe he has a key for yeah, I don't know. Maybe. We're, we're making the logic for this movie yeah. because it didn't. Yeah. She explores the, the facility, finding the observation room that we'd seen a couple of times throughout the movie. Uh, she also takes um, Duncan's shotgun with her as well. Smart. Yeah. That must be a double barrel then. That's why it's got like an extra shot in or something. Otherwise, why would you take it? But it doesn't have an extra shot in it. Well, if it's got a double barrel and she's done one shot, there'd be a second. But it doesn't later. It doesn't? No, because she tries... We'll get to that in a second. She follows crying and finds her baby. As she cradles it, Shepard calls out to her from the other room. Instead of just wandering over and just stabbing her. Or kneecapping her. Like, Shepard, you could have won this. Like, the arrogance level. Yeah. She comes over and she's like... You can't kill me. Uh, she holds Beth's file in her hand because she thought she looked familiar. She knows all about her. We learn that Beth was adopted. Uh, adopted through Shepard's program and her clinic. Beth doesn't believe her, so Shepard passes over the file. The nightmares weren't prophetic. They were about herself. Yep. I guess. Her subconscious trying to tell her that this yeah. is where you're from or whatever. Which is not any less Stupid. weird and psychic ability yeah, indicating. It's not... It, if anything, it's slightly less interesting than if they just played off the prophetic thing. Yeah. If they'd just gone, oh, she can see the future, and then added that in somewhere. Now they're just like, oh, no, it was a memory from when she was baby. No. And you're like, okay, well, no, no sure, whatever. Beth raises the gun, um, and... 
you know, Shepard says, I can still remember your mother, but she wasn't a killer. And then we get we get what should have been the killer line, which was evolution's a bitch. Such a good line. I it is a very it. good line. <sighs> but then the, the the gun doesn't shoot, so it might have been a single barrel. Yeah, maybe. But or or it's a double barrel that didn't have a second shot. I don't know. I can't remember. Um yeah, it's such a good killing line. It's so good. Just It's these little flickers of like really great things. Like, it's cheesy as all hell, but it's so enjoyable. Yeah. Beth tries to fire the gun, but it fails. Shepard and Beth then get into a punch-up. Beth ends up stabbing her and gutting her in a C-section. Yeah, it's very... Yeah. Yeah, it's very not subtle in the fact that she guts her in the vertical line, just like a C-section. Um, and then we just unceremoniously cut to an ambulance yeah. where she sat cradling her baby. Um, as police arrive, she's handed Cameron's wallet, and I just went, oh, he died? <laughs> <laughs> I went, wait, what happened to him again? Yeah. <laughs> wait, what was, what was the, he oh, a, right, car accident. Yeah. I was expecting him to turn up at the end. Maybe he, like, walks in as she's gutting Miss Shepard or something like that, and he's like, what are you doing? And then she explains <gasps> what happens. He walks in, well, what's his, he walks in instead of Duncan. That yeah, would have been yeah, great. Done. Done. Nailed it. No, he just died. No. Unceremoniously, like two quarters. Why did we have a subplot of Cameron at all if it didn't go anywhere, do anything at all? It's not like he killed Marv and Hank because they were still around. He served no purpose. No. Except to die. Except to die and um, pull on our heartstrings. Um, We cut again to Beth as she and her baby in a little papoose. Walk around, walk around the graveyard. She goes to the grave of uh, Lydia Hayes. That's her mother. I was wondering. Yeah, I was like, your the... your mother Lydia didn't have. Yeah, she what? does. She does name. It's her birth mother. mother then. Yeah, her birth mother, not her adopted mother. Okay, where someone has left flowers. Um, I love that she only has her baby. Where did the other baby... She promised the dying lady that she'd take her baby and she'd take Veronica's baby because Veronica was really nice to her. And Why doesn't she just have one of those prams with, like, eight seats and just have... <laughs> I mean, to, in her defence, there were no babies in wherever she turned up after she got knocked unconscious again. This is Yeah, there was only her baby. But what happened? Some no sort of explanation would have been lovely. No indication of what happens to her babies. She asked the gravekeeper... Uh, who the man who just left was because she did pass someone as she was walking into the graveyard and is clearly the person who left flowers at Lydia's grave. And he says, oh, someone with a tragic backstory. Someone who lost their pregnant wife. It was never found as well, apparently. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Final shot of Beth as she walks up the lane after the man, sun blazing behind her. She asks the gravekeeper, where does he live? Oh, across town and I'm going to go find him. And what, just knock on every single house? Yeah. This is theoretically a different town. Yes, I assume so. It's a lot greener. Yeah, it has green. It's not desert. Yeah. Are they, is she just going to knock around houses asking for Mr. Hayes? Yeah. Are you Mr. Hayes? <laughs> I think I'm your daughter, but we can't DNA test it. <laughs> we won't know for six years. <laughs> we won't know for another six years because it's 1979 and DNA testing will not be invented for another six years. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
like, okay, sure. And that's how our movie ends. That's The Clinic 2010. So, Brom, give me your rundown for this movie. What did you think of it as far as, like, the script, the acting, the production, everything like that? Give me a rundown for this movie. What did you think? (sighs) The first at least half of the movie is so boring. It's very kind of convoluted but tedious. Yeah. Um, It really does pick up in the end, though. Like, I'm not going to say it makes sense, but I do find (laughs) it very enjoyable. It does become... It definitely becomes more enjoyable. It does not make any more sense. If anything, it makes less sense. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I love the fact that her um, mother is... what previously a contestant in this the Hunger Games of Budget Hunger Games (laughs) (laughs) Budget Hunger Games yes Gunga Games (laughs) oh my god um, it's it. the acting's pretty okay for the most part yeah could have done without Duncan yeah because that's problematic yeah don't like it Miss Um, Miss Shepard was very like um, cliche horror movie villain. Yeah, there's not much to her, to be honest. Um, the rest of the acting's pretty alright. Yeah. I, I, like, I like all the women. good. Yeah. Um, I, Cameron's alright. Production value looks low budget, but looks like they've done a pretty good job with what they've got. Yeah, they... It does... There's, there's nothing to complain about on yeah. a technical level, really. No. And I feel like this movie's got a lot of potential. Like we said, it's doing... Uh, it's got a lot of interesting ideas... And then it's just convoluting it, and also, like... It's trying to be smarter than it has the ability to be. Yes. And it's it's got so much of by the power of plot. Yeah. Instead of what actually makes sense. Yeah. It's so, very... <laughs> yeah. There, there are no words. <laughs> so, um, for your personal rating, uh, one being awful, ten being amazing, where would you scale this for your personal enjoyment of this movie? I really sit, like, pretty much in the middle, because I hate the first half. And then the second and half. And then I'm, on, I'm just more there for the ride in the second half. Yeah. So I put it probably about a five. I would I say the same. I said five to a 5.5, because yeah. it, it's got little glimpses. Like, that moment with the, the cattle counter. Yeah. Great. That's worth at least two points. <laughs> like, that bumped it from a three to a five. Like, yeah. It's got such like little glimpses of really interesting things that it's trying to do, and it's just not quite managing to pull it off. Yeah. Sadly, it's it feels like a group project mm. where one person has a lot of really good ideas, and they're able to get in like half of them. Mm. And they're like, "Hey, can I do this?" And the director goes, "Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't see why. I don't see why not." Yeah. Um. And like, you got just a couple of really, really good things, and then the rest of it is a bunch of people trying to decide on what to do, and they can only agree on the middle ground. Yes. And the director's also worried that the audience isn't going to get it. Yeah. Is, is what I got from this movie as because well. Because it's probably been showed off at a film festival. Yeah. And somebody's gone, oh, why didn't they just do DNA testing? Yeah. And so they made it. If they just put 1979, that would have been enough. Yeah. That would have been absolutely fine. Yeah. Don't treat your audience like they're really stupid. Yeah. Because yeah. the ones who actually uh, go, oh, can they just DNA test? We're going, when was DNA testing yeah. and being that? Oh, oh, six years after this movie. Oh, okay. That's why they couldn't do it. That's why they didn't even think about it. Oh, okay. But we like to give credit where credit's due. So is there a particular actor or character you'd like to give props to in this movie? I think Tibet Bethel does a fantastic job. Beth, right? 
Yeah. Beth. Okay. Yeah, Beth. You she got nominated for an award for it. For this movie? Yeah. Oh, good on her. Um, Best lead actress or something like that, maybe? Yeah, lead actress. So, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like Chainsaw Award or something. Oh, yeah, I know the Chainsaw Awards. Yeah. So she got, she got nominated for um, Best Actress. Good. She deserved it. She did a yeah. damn good job. She does. Like, it's... It's not a particularly complex role, but she no. just does some really good acting with it. Yeah, she does some great moments with it. Yeah. Um, could have done more with a, like, Samara Weaving uh, Ready or Not ending, though. Yeah. That would have been great, because, you know, that that's my pinnacle for, like, I'm done with this shit yeah. acting, is Samara Weaving in Ready or Not, yeah. where she just comes out and she's just like, I am fucking over this. <laughs> Love that movie. So, um, so good. Yeah, all you, all you really need is for her to just also kill um, Hank and Marv as well. Yeah, there's there's a lot of loose ends. Maybe they come in and she turns around and goes feral and they're like, fantastic. That would have been great. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's so much of this movie that feels like... Uh, it over-explains so much, but also doesn't explain a whole lot of other stuff as well. Like, yep. where did the babies go? Why is this Hunger Games thing thing rigged when she actually wants, like, the strongest mother to win? Or, like, it's, there's a lot of... But whys. Mm. But also, it's slapping you in the face with a title card that tells you DNA testing is not invented for six years. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I wanted to give props to uh, Freya Stafford. Who played Veronica. Yeah, she's pretty good. Because Veronica and Beth, I think, were probably the best actors in this movie. Yeah. Cameron was actually pretty good as well. He, but he was, but he, he doesn't has... get much screen time. No. And he doesn't get much in the actual horror aspect of it. No. Like, he's just... I mean, not a good day, but he's just having a day. He's, he's having a day. And then he died unceremoniously. <laughs> like, I kept expecting him to turn up and they were just like, here's his wallet. Oh, he's dead? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Completely forgot that he was a thing in the ending and then went, oh, right. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me, Bronwyn. I hope you had a good time and I hope you come I back did. for another episode. I definitely loved her. That would be amazing. So thank you everyone for listening. That was the end of The Clinic 2010 and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye now. Thanks again to our guests and thank you for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. It really does help people find the podcast. And remember, you can get in on the discussion by sending us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. Okay, I'll let you go. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the monsters bite. <laughs>